Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. Amen. So welcome to all of you. Welcome to our online and welcome to the ladies at DCI. Come on, let's make them feel real welcome right now. We love you. It's a joy in this series. We're talking about May I See Your ID, and so we'll get to that here in just a moment. Part three, very important part of what we're doing during this series. Let me mention this. This is a voter's guide that actually comes from CCV. This is a nonpartisan sort of a piece of literature, but it simply states, ask the right questions to the candidates that you're going to stare at on a ballot in just a few uh, weeks, and it, it asks them questions of values. For instance, do you, are you pro-life or are you pro-killing children? And so uh, that's an important issue, and it's on, on here. Who, who answered that appropriately? Everybody that is a politician is a temp job, and they work for you. So they're going to make policies that all of us live by, and they're going to do it according to the values that they possess, saying they're representing you. you got to make sure those things match. Otherwise, somebody's going to vote into law what you would despise in your life. And so understand, there's a lot of really key issues right now. All of those are spelled out in here. It doesn't moralize. It doesn't judge. It just simply says this is where they stand on issues or questions that you would ask them as a believer or follower of Jesus. And so it's a great piece of literature. Thank God for CCV. And they're going to be having a prayer rally, a pro-life prayer rally Right here at Living Word Church, the whole community is going to be invited in on the 27th to vote, not to vote, but to pray. It is our vote in heaven. Amen. We're going to align ourselves and ask God to rid the nation of the blight of murder and abortion. In Jesus' name. Listen, uh, and I've said this before, it, it just bears at least the kind of information, especially from the young among us. The Planned Parenthood actually started with a gal named Margaret Sanger, whose goal it was to eliminate the Negro race. End of quote. That's what she was about. And that's what Planned Parenthood. You want funding for that? You got to be kidding me. And so it's important for you to know the history behind the events. And you can't believe the news, so find out for yourself. Amen. So. Amen. They're all temp jobs. They're all supposed to work for you. And the moment they start saying, we know how to do life better than you, and so we're going to take your life over, you better watch out. Just watch out. Amen. No friend of yours. Okay, moving right along. It's all right there. Figure, figure out your, your own districts and so forth. And when you go to the ballot box, make sure you cast your vote for somebody not personality-driven, values-driven. That's, that's the way it works. Amen? And if you don't like them, vote them out next time. Amen. If you don't like them now, vote them out now. <laughs> it's that simple. Amen. God is good. Isn't he good? I want to talk to you in this, in this series of messages we're calling about, may I see your ID, it's about identification and who you are in God needs to help to define your life. It is who you are and it's who you're going to be forever and so you might as well start now. Eternal life didn't start the moment that you die, it started the moment you were born. Thank you very much. Do I need to explain? 
you're an eternal being the moment that you're born. In the mother's womb, Jeremiah said, before I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. And so understand today that everybody lives forever. You just don't live in the same place forever. And so it's important for us to really grasp the idea that today God wants your life to count. Do you know there's a reward system when you get to heaven based on how you did your life? How many of you know going to heaven is a great thing? But when you get there, there's a different reward for folks who gave more during this life. Who lived in a, and I'll use the word right now, a transcendent sort of way. How many of you have ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of need? Anybody ever study Psychology 101? And it's basic fundamentals of need and so forth. And then it moves its way into a higher calling. In other words, you're not really living unless you're living for someone else. Giving your life away. And that's very much what the Savior did for the world. And that's what it means to live. It's no longer, Paul said it this way. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Being helpful. Not only helpful, but eternally helpful. Sharing the gospel. And being able to make a difference in the people that are around you. Sometimes it's just, you know, folks have practical needs. And that's the best way today to show them that they're loved by God. Sometimes it's doing, like I, I shared, uh, we went to a waitress and I asked her how she's doing. Anything I could pray with her about. Well, she about burst into tears right there at the Olive Garden. And, and, I, and I, I said to her, something we can pray for. She said, yeah, we got all kinds of needs in our life and, and so forth. And I grabbed a hold of her hand. She starts weeping at the table. Just start praying over the meal and so forth and praying and blessing. She's a single mom and her, and her kids. And I gave her a 100% tip. Why? Because she needed it. She needed the blessing. She just got done telling me about it. Well, I wasn't going to ignore that. And so what do you do? You just step into opportunities like that. It's just a matter of being very opportunistic in Jesus Christ. And that's the way that the Lord does things. It's so cool. And so today, just as a matter of review, we've been adopted into the family of God. Aren't you glad today that God, you're a child of choice. He came and found us. Amen? Spirit of adoption upon our life. You've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, he loved us, he found us. And he's, he's reaching out to touch others who are under the, the tyrant of, the, if you will, the God of this world is the, the orphanage owner, if you will, who tortures his kids and does all kinds of perverted stupidity. And it's up to us to be able to reach out. Those who have been adopted understand the process that God loves us enough to come get us. And so that's what found us, and that's what's on our lives today. Are you awake to the idea that God loves you that much? And once you begin to, to figure that part out, suddenly then you go on this journey of becoming. I'm becoming more and more today of what I already am in my spirit. The Bible says when you're in Jesus, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away, all things become new. What's the best thing in the world you can do with that idea? Preach yesterday's funeral and move on. And go on a journey with God. The problem is some of you are still trying to breathe life into the old you. That won't work at all. And that's the reason why a lot of folks kind of live dualistic sort of a, a lives, kind of make it difficult. And I just want you to know Jesus came and bought every day of your life. And he wants to make every one of them good. You just got to live in his purpose. And so I want to talk to you about, again, becoming who you are. And so the pathway to purpose is the title of today's message, Pathway to Purpose.
that each one of you are no accident by God, and God crammed you full of gifts, and he wants to be able to use you no matter where you are, at home or here. God wants to use you in a powerful way. And by the way, don't pass up today just because you have to wear a mask or whatever. It's a great opportunity to be involved, to engage at some level. And it's important for us to really get that, that we're God clearly wants us to know not only who we are, but how that makes a difference in the world around us. That who we are makes a difference in the world around me. That I'm not an accident. I'm not, I didn't choose my geography. I didn't choose my parents. I didn't choose a lot of things. But here I am. And in this proximity, God by his spirit is going to use us in a huge way. There's a pathway to purpose. Just stay in process. Amen. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, stay in the process. Amen. It's important for you to be able to stay in God's process. He wants to do something great. You just got to stay in process. The moment you take the reins away, process stops. Matter of fact, you can even regress. And so don't ask me how I know this. Okay. And so the revelation is knowing the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding great power usward who believe. Once you get the revelation of those things, suddenly going to do something with what God has made you becomes significant. Again, if you understand his callings, you can understand your own. If you don't understand what he's after, you don't get it. I'm sorry, on your best day, you'll never get it. You think, how can I be happy? Everything's about me being happy. Okay, is it bigger than that? Is that as deep as it gets? Come on. It's so much better than that. It's so much deeper than that. It's so much so more pervasive than that, and it's eternal. And God wants you to understand today that if you'll see through his lens, you'll understand that God put you here for a purpose, to make a difference in the world around us. And so it starts with understanding his calling, then you'll understand how to contextualize your own, doing what God wants to do. Matter of fact, the Bible's called in that Ephesians 1 passage, we covered this last week, the church is the fullness of him that fills everything. In other words, you're his hands extended. You're his people called by his name, and that's what we're doing. We're doing, making a difference in the world. You can see it through the life of the disciples, throughout the book of Acts, and the book of Acts continues today in your life. And so identity is the pathway to purpose. Once you understand that, that you're seated with him in heavenly places, all of a sudden life becomes a joy to live. Amen? It's not what you get that, that makes you happy. It's what you give. Suddenly I'm making a difference, and it was always about that. Come, any, anyone ever buy something that you'd really wanted for a long time, and you finally got it, and after a while it just became another old thing in a garage sale? Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you really had to have it. Only to find out of the, what, what, what you thought it would be once you get it. See, it's the nature of lust is that it's never satisfied. It just moves to the next thing. But people are forever. And there's only one of them. There's only one of you. And so once you begin to understand that, that real joy it's not about making money or my next major vacation or the ability for me for, you know, to stand in the stands while my team is winning. Come on. Three years ago, do you know who the national championship of anything was? You were willing to buy a $500 ticket to sit in the stands and be there, though. Come on, this is what I'm telling you. It's all just doesn't mean anything. Real joy comes in the ability to give your life away and live, and I'll use the word transcendent. By the way, somebody thought, you know, the Dalai Lama made that up. 
Again, Maslow's hierarchy of need means that I'm living a life that's beyond my own limits. I'm living a life that is making a difference in the life of others. I'm not making life about me. I'm making about others and making a difference in this world. And that's the highest call of all of us. And so the ability to come out of the shallows of selfishness and to be able to live in that, that high aspiration of being like Jesus, who laid royalty and divinity, he laid it all aside and came down and became one of us. And then he rose from the dead, thank God, and today is seated on the throne of God, God the Son. There he is. Hallelujah. That guy took the journey. And now the Bible says when he got up, we got up. And now we can live like he did. And see, that's really the point of the gospel, isn't it? That God is, somebody used the word out in the, out in the uh, foyer today, that really we're, we're, we're learning this sanctified process, this sanctification process, more and more separated unto God, more and more separated from what I used to be. And so the more you understand your identity in God, the easier it is to make the transition. And that's really what this series is all about because real joy is there. That living beyond yourself and making a difference in the life of others, that's what God wants. And I'll prove it to you just by, by centering on a guy by the name of Abraham. You don't have to go more than 12 chapters in your Bible to find this comment that is made. Genesis chapter 12, and this is what God says to Abraham, verse 2 and 3. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Man, if that had been some of us, we'd have said, woohoo! Way to go, God. I can't wait for the blessing. Give me, give me, give me. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what he said. You got to keep reading. He says, I will bless you and I will make your name great. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> then he says, and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And this is what he says now. All the people of the earth. Consider that for a second. I mean, there's 7 billion of them right now. All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Wow. That's transcendence. That's my life is going to bless those. And there's going to be people blessed on this planet after I'm gone because of what I did while I was here. Jesus put it this way. Let's just find out what it says in red. This is John, uh, John chapter 15. And he says, verse number 8, verse number 11. He says... This is my, to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourself to be one of the guys that follows me, one of the gals that follows me. How do you show you're, you're following Jesus? You're bearing fruit. That looks like something that he would enjoy. Then he says in verse number 11, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So where's fullness of joy come from? It doesn't come from what you get, it comes from what you give and the fruit that it brings to the kingdom of God. Now that's red print in your Bible. If you're a Jesus follower, this is the way you think. And so again, we're talking again about identity, but friend, there's, listen, there's a lot about church that doesn't really capture this kind of stuff. It's all about, you know, churches like the smorgasbord. You take what you want, you discard what you don't want. I'll take the cake and the pie, forget the broccoli. Hello? I'll take the blessing and increase into my bank accounts, but forget that serving stuff. Why do you think you're blessed for? 
You're blessed to be a blessing. I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing to many nations. That's what he said. And so that's what God wants for us. And so don't forget why you're blessed. Now let me just make this point. There's 14 times in your Bible, 14 times the Bible says don't forget. Why do you think it does that? Because we tend to forget. And so don't forget this. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. In other words, the process of life or the deception of the atmosphere we have to walk through can sometimes peel your identity off of who you are. And suddenly, society tries to brand you with somebody God never intended you to be. And we blame God because the circumstances were that way. I can tell you right now, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so it's important for you to make a choice to stay in the direction of God's identity for you. God knows who you are. He knew you before you were here. And he knows how to deal with it. And so selfishness can be very easy. And you can live a selfish life, and, it, and, it's, and it's like no effort. Why? Because the atmosphere is just charged with what's in it for me. Okay? Now, listen to this passage. Now, I'm, now I'm going to deal with these I'm going to use the terminology that the Bible uses, rich people. Are you ready for this? And we're going to stick it to them rich people. Come on, we're going to stick it to the man. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy. Listen to what he says. says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth. Those filthy rich people. Not to put their trust in something like wealth that's so uncertain, but put their hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. Hey. Oh. He's not digging on rich people. He's challenging them to make their life count beyond themselves. Come on. God wants you to be blessed. I'll I'll get into it more. Let's keep reading. Command those rich people. What's the command to do what? Give everything away and go broke like the rest of us. Is that what it says? Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds. Not just to give in the offering, but actually get out there and be salt and light. You rich people. Be rich in good deeds and be generous. Be willing to share. In this way, in this way, you lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. In other words, what you do here matters there. How you do it now matters forever. If you want your forever to be good, do it good now. Be rich in good deeds. Why? Because there's a reason why there's seven different crowns Named as rewards in heaven, there's seven in your Bible. And they don't just come because you came to church. There's no come to church crown. (laughs) There's no watch church (laughs) crown for sure. (laughs) Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It becomes a firm foundation for the coming age. And that, the Bible says will hold in it life, and it's real life, true life. That's what you want. And so, I mean, people that are blessed have to live with the reality of both worlds, that what you do now matters forever, and it's all tied together. You stop taking breath here, you start taking breath there in the next heartbeat. 
And that's the way the whole thing works. And so to hope in wealth, he says it's very uncertain. To stay focused on God, however, makes those who are rich in this world good beneficial to people that are around them. In other words, your assignment demands more blessings so that you can do the things that you're called to do and make the difference you're called to make. God is glad to bless you. He wants you to enjoy his blessing. You say, where'd you find that? Psalms 35. Psalms 35, 27. The Bible says, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He loves it that you're blessed, that you've got more than enough. There's this this terminology called ascetic gospel. Ascetic ascetic gospel means the poorer you are, the more holy you are. Now, I'm just telling you the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Somebody would say, well, Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. He had a treasurer. What are you talking about? If you got two cents, it's not hard to count it. You you don't need an accountant for that. One, two, we're broke. Hello? Hello? Come on, they were gambling over his clothes. What I'm telling you is, Jesus didn't lack. He just didn't need to own everything. You know why? Man-made deeds don't mean anything to the one that made the planet. Everywhere he went, God just met him there and divine appointments and little boy's lunch, good enough. We'll feed a multitude with it. And that's the kind of trust that you and I as sons and daughters of God can have in the Lord our Father. And so there it is. God wants you to be blessed. And so what did he say to do? Go broke? No. He said, do good, be rich in good deeds, be generous, and be faithful to share. And those are the things that people that are living in this this identification with God, it's more than me just getting out of sin and out of trouble. It's getting into destiny and into purpose. See, there's four things that we want to do at Living Word Church. We want to find God. Come on, how many of you thank God? If you don't know God, you're, you're in big trouble. You need to know him. And if you know him, you need to know him better. And so we're here all about that. But it doesn't stop there. You need to find freedom. You need to unpack the bags. Come on, how many of you know all of us come into the kingdom and we got loads of bags? Things we need to unload. Amen? And so God's teaching us, lay that down, lay that down. Anxiety, get rid of it. Don't be worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Come on, you have permission to lay it down. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Come on. All these things are accessible to every single one of us. But if you don't open your Bible to read those things, you don't know you have permission to do that. You think going to church is kind of it. Missing hell is about as good as it gets. Endure until heaven, then it'll be good. You'll be on a cloud playing a harp. Is that what the Bible says? Uh-uh. How many people think that? Boatloads. That's the reason why the younger generation doesn't, do, doesn't care for it much, because it sounds boring. Hello? There's no iTunes and no place to jam. You know what I'm saying? So what do you do? So what do you do? Okay. There's a funny thing about those rich people. I can tell you right now. Those rich people. Do you know what rich people do? Those rich people. They complain about the internet being slow on the airplane. You're in an airplane. Hello? You know what rich people do? <laughs> they build rooms for their clothes. Ha! <laughs> 
And they walk into the room where their clothes live and they say, I just don't have a thing to wear. <laughs> Come on, somebody. They build rooms, they build houses for their cars. Rich people. Crazy. How many of you pulled out of a garage this morning? Rich people, all of them. Come on. What, what I'm saying is that today we can walk in the best version of ourselves if we'll get at least our focus in the right place. Because the Christianity you learn might be the, not the one that Jesus would endorse. Is it possible that the Christianity that we learned is not the one that he would endorse? See, we're, we, we like to think of ourselves as word people. We're not word people. We're favorite word people. Because we avoid, it's like a smorgasbord. You take what you want, you leave on the smorgasbord what you don't. Come on. So I'll take the hamburger and the fudge cake, forget the broccoli. Hello? And we kind of treat it that way. I just want you to understand today that, that growth in God is a process, and all of us are in process. Let me land this plane now. It's important for all of us to get this. That every single one of us are in training for reigning, training for what it means to live in Jesus Christ, training to be the best version of ourselves of what God saw before you were ever born, what he saw you becoming in spite of the challenges. Matter of fact, the challenges sometimes is exactly what you need to make you what you're ready for in your ultimate calling. I'll give you an example. Um, David experienced in faithfulness to his daddy, watching his daddy's sheep. King David wasn't King David. He was a teenager. All of a sudden, a lion comes and attacks the sheep. And so he kills the lion as a teenager. Come on, very unlikely. Pulling on God. Come on, this guy learned how to worship God. I mean, he was playing the Stratocaster out there on the hillside. Amen. It was a, it was a good day. Learning how to worship God. And the presence of God was on him, kind of dictating as a young man how to do life in, in, a, in the cause of the Lord. And that lion's in the way of my assignment, so out goes the lights. That bear, here comes a bear. Okay? So the lion and the bear become the pathway to the Goliath moment of his life. The Goliath moment came as a, as a preparation for the time that a king would go crazy and try to assassinate him and use a whole army of Israeli soldiers to do it. And so the guy that's called to be the king is now being chased by a king. What do I call that? It's persecution. It's training for reigning is what it is. Because he was able to walk through that, and by the time he got through it, he became what was synonymous with Jesus' life. Jesus was called the son of David, who had tons of personal failure in his life, but it didn't define, his failure didn't define him. God was the only one that had that assignment. And that's the reason why Jesus is known as the son of David, not because David was perfect, but because David lived in his destiny. And I want you to know that you can do the same thing. you just got to have the same kind of courage when you face your own lion and your own bear and your own Goliath, and there may be an army of people against you at some point, and God still called you to win with integrity through the process. Everybody shout it. I'm in process. Come on. You, 
Come on, everybody at home, just give me a thumbs up right now and say it. I'm in process. Kings are made through the process. And so you've been preparing for this day your whole life, so live it. Maybe it's you never understood your assignment until this wake-up call of a message came and suddenly you began to see your ID for the first time in your life. Oh, that's who I am. That's the reason why I've been so frustrated. I've been making life about me, and it never was about me. How many of you are parents? Now you know life ain't about you. I know you know this. And if you hadn't got that point yet, you're a very unhappy person. You ask for kids, now you're not sure you should ask. I was happy, and then I thought I needed kids. I got kids, and I got broke. And frustrated. These munchkins do not listen. Why does a two-year-old think he's in charge of me? They all do. Every two-year-old thinks he's qualified to run the house. And everything is his. Mine! Mine! And you look at your wife, and the wife looks at her husband and said, You did this to me! Here's the point. We, we can make a difference. You are God's masterpiece. Do you know that? Oh, the master is not done painting on your canvas. Because there's been days in your life where the backdrop of the canvas is black. I mean, there's lots of different things that are dark in your life. But it just became the backdrop for the beautiful color that God would toss into your canvas in the days of victory, in the overcoming moments of your life, when God would enter in and suddenly the brush of the master dips in a different color and suddenly God begins to paint different things against the backdrop of your life. Listen, I've never seen glory come out of anybody's life that hadn't been through a little hell on earth and learn how to worship God through the catastrophes of life. Learn even your own personal failure. How many of you know that God will bring you through and bring in not only humility but courage to face the world and say, grace wins the day. I am not stuck in my failure. Bless God, I can move along in life. God uses people just like me, just like David, just like Peter who tonight even knew him. In the moment of his greatest need. And guess who the preacher at Pentecost was? Can God use people like us? He does all the time. As a matter of fact, since all of us fit in that category, he's the only ones he can use. It's people just like us. Who've got the idea that life is not about me, therefore it could not be about my failure. And it's sure isn't about my own Gift set and how cool I am. It is I am available and I am what I am by the grace of God. And today I will take his grace. I will steward it properly. And I will invest myself into every opportunity that's, that I see in front of me. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus unto good things. To do good. And he planned those things for us long ago. 
And so how do you know how to step up into the day of your own destiny? You do what's in front of you. Hmm. See, when you do the unusual, in other words, when you ask yourself the question, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now? I'm not just supposed to be surviving the day. God wants to use me in a significant way. Now ask yourself that question, am I doing it? Not to condemnation. All of us are in process. Say it again, I'm in process. Today may have been an essential key to unlock a door in your process to help you to understand you and your identity in Christ better. Could it be that God would use this message right now to unlock something that's been hidden from me for a long time? Thinking that one more thing, one more thing to park in the garage, one more thing to put in the yard would would somehow make you better and you come to find out it didn't make you better, it's just more stuff. Could it be that today that God wants to open the door to the extraordinary in your life by laying down the usual? What can God do with you? Here's a better question. What could God not do with you if it's God doing the partnering? I'm just wondering. Mother Teresa one time and Tony Hall got together. Mother Teresa, Calcutta, India place of a billion people crammed together in a very small geographic location. Poverty absolutely everywhere. People dying in the streets. And Tony Hall came and looked at the massive amount of need that was there. Tony Hall was one of the, he was our congressman here for 20 years in Dayton area and so forth, and then was appointed by George Bush to be the ambassador of the United Nations over world hunger issues because of this encounter. He's making a difference in the world because of this day and this comment. He said to Mother Teresa, the need is so great, what could I do to this? In kind of a defeated moment. And Mother Teresa is working, never even looks up. She's working, cleaning the floor. And she looks up at him and says, we'll do whatever's in front of you and then started wiping the floor again. Everybody in this room knows who she is. The gal that cleaned floors, cleaned up vomit from children, went and picked up children that nobody wanted and brought brought them in and cared for them. I'll never forget the time when she came before Bill Clinton. She said, end abortion. I'll take all your children. That's what she said to Bill Clinton. I'll take them all. Southern California had an unusual tide that rolled in one time and, and it washed a million starfish up on the beach to their doom. They'll just dry out and die. There was a little boy. He started picking up one starfish at a time and flinging them back into the ocean. A guy came by. He said, little boy, you can't toss them all in there. He said, you can't make a difference. He had a starfish in his hand. He said, I can make a difference for this one. Who's counting on you to understand your ID? Who's waiting on you to get it? That the God, the only God that some people see is the one they see in you. they're hurting they're starved for the love of a father and all that gets the hatred that comes 
out of bickering and fighting and all the stuff that comes with this world. How could you not tell him? How can we stay silent? How can we live in different worlds, pull in our garage and not care for who lives 50 feet away from us? It can't go on. The king is calling his church into transcendence into the greatness, into the joy of life, of making your life count for something that means something to the people standing in the grandstands of glory today watching you run your race. He says, run, run and endure, press towards the mark for the prize. Run that you may obtain, run to win. That, not this rat race, the race of heaven. Win that one. Show your children what it means to find joy in something other than Target. And let the king begin to feel his breath in your lungs. Begin to feel his heart beating in your chest. And bless those who have no way of ever thanking you on this side of heaven. It's your ID. It's your identity. It's who you are in Christ. You're seated with Him in heavenly places, not to brag about being there, but to celebrate the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Tell Him. Show Him. Say, I'm not sure I'm ready. What do you mean you're not ready? Has God done anything redemptive for us? Tell Him the story. It's worth us. The story's worth telling. We're all in process. Just start doing it. Lean in. Just lean in. Tell you one more story. I know you've experienced this. How many have ever been to Sam's Club? Loud and proud. Great big carts, bigger than twice as big as the normal ones. I guarantee you, you can start a small group at, at Sam's Club. All you need is a hot plate and some that smells like hog. They will come from every aisle to come and smell you out. And she'll say, you can find more of this delicious sausage right down aisle five. You mean that somebody at Sam's Club is more interested in what's down aisle five when the word of God says, oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And you might not walk down aisle five at Sam's Club, but you can walk down this aisle and find Him. And He'll satisfy every longing of your heart. He'll make the childlike stuff of this world seem like absolute foolishness when you begin to live and find your own ID and begin to live for the glory of God. Bow your heads with me across this room and those of you watching online, I want to tell you today that God has a great plan for your life and you don't want to miss it. But carnal foolishness will never lead you to this place of joy unspeakable, full of glory. It'll never leave you there. You, you cannot live a selfish life and expect an unselfish reward. Today, God wants to do something significant in your life. And the journey can start for those of you who've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of who you are. And today, that journey can start 
You can stop living out of woundedness and live in victory and freedom. You can stop living out of despair and constant disappointment by living in the glory of God and the glory of God's assignment for your life. And you'll find it and you'll live in it. And it'll be exactly what Jesus said. And this is the Father glorified that you bear much fruit. And in that you'll find fullness of joy. Today, let God do what he wants to do in your life. It starts by an invitation to come and begin to walk with him. Not an invitation to church. It's an invitation to Jesus. He is alive. And he wants to live big in you. And so today, the invitation is very simple. Start your journey, and you'll never be the same again. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Let that be something that starts in your life today. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And before I pray, I just want to know who I'm praying for. In this room, those of you online right now, there's a button to push that says, a raise the hand button that says, Lord, I need Jesus in my life, Pastor. Don't leave me out of that prayer. If you're in this room, wherever you're at, just lift your hand right now and say, Pastor, I'm not, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God in my life. Lift your hand. I see you all over the place. God bless you. God bless you. Four of you right there. Five, six, seven. Amen. Anybody else? Praise God. Eight, I see you. God bless you, dear. Nine, way back there. Ten, God bless you. Those of you online, come on, punch that thing right now. Saying, Pastor, don't leave me out of this. I'm in. I need the journey to begin in my life. I need God to turn it around for me and move it down the right, right path. I want my identity in Christ. If that's you, in a moment, we're going to pray. It has to start somewhere. It'll start right here, right now. Pray this prayer with me, all of us together, and those of you online. Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you, and I give you my life today. I don't understand it all, but I do understand this. I need you, and I ask you into my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. You bore my cross. You rose from the dead. Come live in me. I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we say amen together? God is good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.